Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Neufeld-Flanagan, expat and interior designer based in Dublin, Ireland. This show is all about informing and inspiring you, homeowners and renters in Ireland, on all things around property, housing, and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. Welcome back to another episode of the Interiors Podcast. Here with me today, I have Kira Elliott, the Editorial Director of House and Home Magazine. Welcome, Kira. Hi, thank you for having me, Tanya. Thank you. Yeah, this is our first like editorial slash journalist uh, interview, so I'm very excited. Um, I think it's a very different take on an industry expert, somebody who isn't so in the weeds and gets to see it all from from the side and get the stories of it. So I'm really excited to have you here. Oh, well, thank you. I'm excited to so, be here. <laughs> so Kira, um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and how you ended up being the editor of, of House and Home. Yes, well, funny enough, probably my journey has been through my own renovation because um, I used to be fashion. I used to do fashion and I edited two wedding magazines for a number of years. I, I used to be fashion editor on a newspaper, which is now not there anymore, Sunday Tribune in Dublin. Um, I used to edit Irish Tatler years ago. Um, I was fashion editor before that. And then I generally did fashion, to be honest, and then um, moved over to the UK when there was the massive slump in the economy. And I ended up getting um, children, et cetera, et cetera, ended up <laughs> all that, <laughs> ended up going into interiors in a sort of other way because they were looking for someone to cover maternity leave um in the magazine in the in the publishing company I was working with at the time um so I jumped into the role of um it was kitchens and bathrooms essential kitchens and bathrooms magazine which is a big UK glossy it was like sort of the number one kitchens and bathrooms magazine and it was but it was everything pretty much it was all interiors but very high end so it was very much the the luxury end of interiors but it was a fantastic place to start because because that is where so much gets done on a house it's the nuts and the bolts so it was very much about traveling around I went to every design show every trade show represented the magazine I just really loved it but sorry at the same time I was doing a renovation on my own house you know having been burnt by the property market in Ireland completely and um, we had to start 100% from fresh here and save up again and we, like buy an absolute wreck and do it up. So I was sort of right. Ex- I was ex- getting exposed to everything from every which way. Really, that's what kind of got me into it. That was probably 10 years ago. Then I um, went freelance because actually, as as turned out with my own renovation and then Instagram was taking off and I was sharing things on Instagram. So then I started doing sort of sponsored posts and, you know, working with people directly and working with brands um, directly because that was all kind of taking off at that point. And so I did mm-hmm. a lot of that influencer stuff for maybe two years. And then the house and home job came up. But it all sort of worked out. It kind of, you know, it all fell into place. Obviously, the pandemic struck, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's got their pandemic story. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, so that's where I am now. Yeah, so I've been doing it for three years now, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> As an interior designer, I, I can see how, how fun it would be. On the cover of every house and home issue, it says Ireland's best-selling interiors magazine. So it's the broadest reaching readership. Is that right? It is the broadest, it is the most magazine sold of an interiors wow. magazine. Yeah, it is. Um, it has the broadest reach. It's got, it, it's sort of, I think probably your next question is going to be, what is the popularity? I think the popularity is because it is so broad. Um, because yeah. our being, you know, 
you can't really take a UK market or an American market and um, sort of transpose it onto an Irish market because it's too small, right? So it, yep. essentially, like 80% of house and home is achievable, inspirational, practical, creative, um, super budget friendly, inclusive, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's a, there's a small bit, which is super luxury as well. Not super luxury, but designer, aspirational, you know, the essentially we're all high low now, aren't we? So let's, I mean, as a fashion, previous fashion editor, I understand, but that's always been my understanding about how people shop. So I suppose I've always been like that in a home. Like I'd never be snobby about like, you know, including something from, um, you know, the high street along something vintage, along something that you've saved up for. And you are, you know, you, you know, you always wanted those, you know, that incredible chair or that incredible painting or whatever. To me, it's all the same, you know, that that's the way people shop and that's how people desire things. And um, that's how you end up with a really unique home. So that's what House and Home is in terms of its DNA. I would say it's um, that's what makes it so widely read, I think, because people can mostly I'd be I'd be you know, if I find someone who is who who finds something lacking and I'm like, well, what are you missing? Like, Because it really does cover all bases, I think, personally. Yeah, and I think even more so as over the last five years, the housing crisis has gotten worse, it's probably even more resonant to have a magazine that is, as you said, kind of achievable, rather than just, you know, showing people things that they, you know, only 1% of the population can actually hope for. I think so. I think there was a time when people loved the coffee table magazine, you know, and I mean, obviously, people still do love a coffee table mm-hmm. magazine. Yeah, that kind of like stick it on there it looks beautiful you know we all love the sort of wallpapers and the you know the the like architectural digest it's all gorgeous but I suppose yeah. really there's Instagram isn't it? and Instagram has taken away so much of the magazine audience unfortunately mm. or whatever way you look at it but um you know so you can get on your phone you can see all sorts of beautiful aspirational stuff essentially when you actually buy a magazine like this is how I see it I see that people are still wanting to tear out things, are still creating mood boards. They're still sort of like sitting down, cup of coffee, you know, feed up, right? What, you know, this is, you know, right, new season, whatever, what's going on? Or I'm doing a bathroom renovation. I'll keep that article. I share that with my friend. Obviously, we have an active Instagram, an active online presence website as well. So, I mean, there's all that there as well. But, you know, it's kind of that sort of pleasurable read Personally, that's what I see our magazine as. It's not necessarily like the sort of the thing that's on your coffee table as a, a you know, to show off that how beautiful it fits with the rest of your decor. Although I love those kind of magazines too. It's achievable. It's like you and me. It's people doing doing up their homes, people wanting to refresh their homes, people looking for color ideas, um, advice, you know, how other people have done it. It'll peep into other people's homes. Yeah, people are nosy at the end of the day. <laughs> It's so fun to see someone's house. <laughs> I love them. one of my favorite things is is meeting my real homes and going yeah. into homes and you know interviewing them and asking them all the questions. Yeah, absolutely. Very similar to the podcast. I like to ask questions that I think the average person who's just buying a house and isn't an interiors person would want to know. And in that same way, you pull out those stories so that somebody who's just joining the job, the housing market, um, and looking for a house can be like oh, wow, well, these are the before photos of this little house in Portobello that I just saw on the cover of House and Home. And they made it so nice. And I could have never imagined that. But now I can. Essentially, absolutely agree. Yes, that's it. That's an interesting point that you've mentioned about the coffee table magazine and that Instagram and, and Pinterest, of course, they've made all of that free. So you don't have to pay 
for the uber, uber aspirational and also 3D visualization. Like there's so often I'm looking at something and I'm like, wait, that's not real. And there's so much, there's almost an overload of that free content and aspirational content. And when you're buying a magazine, then you do want more for your money because there's so much free inspirational stuff that like you're saying, people want, I want a story that's actually going to give me something practical that I can repeat. Absolutely. You want something that's resonant, don't you? I mean, I think ultimately we love still picking up the whether it's a book, whether it's a long read, whether it's a good article, you know, we do have this time. You know, we want to give things, we want to put our phone away and we want to look, but it has to be something that's that is better than what's on your phone. And look, we're all competing with what's going on on, on people's phones and people's, you know, with tablets. And, you know, it used to be a different form of journalism. Now we kind of have to do a 360 approach where, yeah. It, it's, you know, there's also our Instagram, there's also our web, there's also a digital version of the magazine now, which has been really popular. So it means you can actually download it onto your tablet. But even if you do download it onto your tablet, it's still a magazine, right? So I guess there is that difference. It's like reading on your Kindle, isn't it? It's not taking you off a million places, which is satisfying, personally. Personally, I find it so satisfying when I sit down with a publication or a book or something that's a beginning and an end and you feel like you're a tick, you're done, you know, okay, I've caught up on house and home, you know, whereas it's infinite Instagram, isn't it? It take and you know, you're kind of kicking yourself. You're like two hours later going, what have I just done? I've signed so being drawn into great content, but really, you know, where is it taking me? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? It's so great for a flight, I find, especially because you can't be on your phone as much. And on flights, I always find myself like, especially if I'm if I'm going abroad, you can pick up magazines, like all the different magazines you can get in the US and the UK. And like, you know, you might even take one from home with you that you haven't had a chance to sit down and look at. So good tip just to actually make some time to finish something. And I think also when you're just scrolling through Instagram and you see a beautiful house, you might take a lot of things for granted, like working as an interior designer and chatting to my friends. A lot of times people will send kind of inspiration imagery. And I'm like, do you realize how much work goes into that? Or do you realize how much that actually costs? Or do you realize how that actually wouldn't work for your style of home? And I don't mean to sound mean, but when you're just scrolling, it's just so quick and you're not really uh, digesting the information. Whereas in a magazine, you might read that this house, uh, you know, 150 years ago was a worker's cottage. And that explains X and Y, and it still had its original cornicing and its original uh, pine wood floors. And it talks about all these things that explain the layout, that explain the materials. And then it explains what they did and why they did it. And in UK and Ireland, a lot of houses have the same layouts and the same problems for modern living. So you can learn so much from actually hearing somebody's story rather than getting inspiration from somebody's like Hampton's home or they do these really beautiful, luxurious things in Eastern Europe. Like I follow a lot of Polish accounts that do like these everything marble and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, but that wouldn't work in your in your Victorian house. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, you know, I love dipping in and seeing all that. Yeah, like in those Berlin um, loft apartments with those cool fireplaces they have in Eastern Europe and the and the wonderful, you know, the beautiful, they've got such interesting fixtures and fittings and 
light switches, but you can take on board like that, that, that's nice ideas as well. Like I, I have a yeah. friend back from Berlin and her house is fabulous and she's got all these cool things. She has great ideas. You can take those ideas and, and put them onto a onto a lovely Dublin terrace or a um a you know new build in the countryside. Um but I guess yeah no 100 percent you're right. You want to see that's why the stories behind the people are always interesting, aren't they? Like yeah for context. Yeah. The, well the for context because you can see how yeah you can see how like there's there's one story in this issue which is someone um a family have moved back from Dubai and they self-built She's talking about how she did that and how they 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 couldn't get a mortgage because they didn't they weren't working so in the Irish economy you know the banks yeah then they had to do it without a mortgage and how that actually ultimately ended up with a much better situation for them because they don't have the crazy debt that people have and they've done everything themselves and then that turned her into an influencer you know sometimes you may not have the means to do it but there's if you have the creativity and the imagination there's a lot you can actually do if you put your time in and put your energy in right um yeah. not everything but there's certain things you can do and I guess that's really inspirational for people to see yeah I think in today's market the story is so important because a lot of times what we see on Instagram just isn't achievable with the cost no. of construction and materials no. especially in Ireland things are so expensive here because we're an island and also people you don't know the budgets that people are working with like you know on Instagram there's we keep talking about Instagram but I mean I guess that is where people are looking all the time and that's where what what can kind of make you feel really inadequate sometimes when you look and you go Oh my god! How did that person just like they click their fingers, they throw a paintbrush in the next minute they everything's suddenly different and it's like you know oh my god I'm so how do I not do that in a weekend or yeah. you know the reality is nothing is built is done so quickly everything takes time yeah. and you know the the influencers and yeah the, you know it's just great to see some some you know to have the stories to ha- see how people really do overcome what they're up against with a house because no matter where the economy is there's always challenges you know because if if an economy is thriving and if there is loads of property and everyone's moving around you know there's always a problem with getting suppliers as well and at the moment the problem is you know materials are going up and also there's a squeeze on mortgages so I mean it's quite hard you know it's hard but whenever it is it's hard like you know even when an economy tanks and houses suddenly seem super affordable it can be impossible to get a mortgage and plus you have to hold on to your job and everyone's fleeing the country and we've all seen this as Irish people we've seen the drama that comes with recessions Um, I think I've seen three in my lifetime that's another story but (laughs) essentially essentially we all need somewhere to live Um, it's the most primal thing and whether it's a rental, whether you're living with your parents and what is saving up, whether you have the opportunity to buy your own, whether you're on your second build, whether you're an empty nester, we're all thinking about where we're going next, aren't we? And appreciating where we are now and where we're going next and creating that lovely nest for ourselves. A little bit more on, on the magazine. So I know it has all these different sections that you you repeat every every issue. So you have your updates. This seems to be kind of your trends area and your editor's picks, you have sourcing, renovations and real homes. What is your favorite? Ooh, well, probably real homes. I mean, I am. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we've spoken a lot about that now, so I'll, I'll move on. But yes, I do love real homes. I'm always fascinated by my real home people. And I love to hear their stories. Um, I love to hear what they've how they've done things. And, you know, obviously, over the last few years, there've been a lot of lockdown stories. But I do think generally there's always nobody has a has a home without a story to it. And, you know, whether they're waiting for a mortgage that takes ages or whether they're sort of waiting on a chain or where they lose a house and they find another house, whatever way. 
But other than that, I, you know, I know that trends are talked down a lot because you don't want to be changing things in your house all the time. Like, okay. come on, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I don't suggest that people go and take all the cushions off and put all the new cushions on or, you know, take out that light fixture that was last year, put in a new one. But I don't think I'm alone in saying this because you'd like to see newness. You'd like to see what's what's happening. you like to see what's going on. you like to see something different. And it's not always necessarily about, you know, buying all the new things. It might just be updating something, you know, updating a color or, you know, changing around your room to make it feel more you or, you know, trying a little bit of paneling or trying a little bit of, you know, trying your hand on something. I mean, I, the moment I love all these kind of um, the sort of bistro curtains, you know, the way people are going back to kind of a little bit more detail, like everything was so kind of minimal for a while. And everything was pulled out and people didn't have things like curtains and tablecloths. And there was a lot of early frilly sheets, you know, frilly bed sheets. <laughs> you know, that was kind of it was like that whole like, remember the Ikea thing, clear the clutter, like everything like, you know, in a way that Ikea campaign, which was probably 20 years ago, has stuck with people so hugely. And then it turned into the, you know, the gray and the the beautiful neutrals and the Scandi stuff, which is all gorgeous. You know, that's undoubtedly such a beautiful aesthetic but it is quite exciting as a journalist and probably for you as an interior designer to see sort of the detail coming back into things now mm-hmm. yeah so you've got florals you've got stripes you've got you've got uh te- um, textures you've got more more th- which is more forgiving now and with our homes in terms of yeah. you know bringing back in maybe something that was more sort of granny ish or seen seen as more 80s you know I think it's the, it's the new generation coming in as well and they can't remember how naff the 80s was and so <laughs> so people in their 20s are like yay the 80s so you know that's great. and you know why not it's kind of 80s but cool 80s it's like you know there's a there's a twist it's not it, there's still all the lovely paired back things and then just little updates that I'm seeing so yeah in terms of the update section of the magazine that's what I love I, I love all that I love you know coming from fashion as well I like to see how you know the colorful ceramics and the the statement lighting and the sort of the trend we're all obsessed with at the moment, which apparently at the moment is Toile de Joie. How do you, how do you pronounce that? But Toile de Joie. Yeah. Um, back in. So that's again, like that was very 80s, wasn't it? I think of Princess Diana and Lady Diana, yeah. you know, and <laughs> like very kind of American, like big Hamptons houses and all that. That's kind of very 80s. But anyway, that's back. And then um we always have lovely hotels and things like that but nice ideas I mean people who design for um commercial spaces are often right on the money in terms of what they're doing and that's why when you walk into a gorgeous restaurant or a gorgeous new hotel you you know you're often immediately feeling like oh okay I love that you know and often I often find when I actually funnily enough off the point slightly but when I do a real home and it's near something this is more pertinent maybe to London but I Mm. Irish homes in London and often within their area there'll be a vibe like sort of whether it's South um, Hoxton and it's all cool or whether it's like West London and it's all kind of old school or and often those restaurants and cafes that are nearby often that will be reflected in their homes I often find yeah so, like yeah, there'll yeah, be yeah. beautiful banquet seating that will be in the cafe on the corner and then you'll see that incorporated into their kitchen design by their Anyway, so I think we're all we're very affected by the spaces we visit and our holidays and and what we bring home. And we we include a lot of that in the magazine. Yeah, our sourcing section is more like nuts and bolts, although never boring. You know, we like to we you know, we're not really about what concrete to pick ever. Um, So it'll always be, you know, like sort of more lighting. This this issue we've got expert guide to lighting and um, we'd often have kitchens and bathrooms in that section. So this is your rip out and keep this is in your a little notebook. Keep your source book. Yeah. Your, you know, yeah. this is kind of, 
like windows, flooring, um, nuts and bolts, you know, but in but achievable, you know. Yep. We, we like to put prices in. Like a lot lots of the time you'll find with magazines, they won't they won't give you the prices of things. And we do, we like to be, we like to give people, you know, the proper content that they need to know, right? Everyone wants to price. This issue is our family living special. So we've got laundry, storage, hot desking. Um, there's a lovely family kitchen in there and like ideas on family kitchens, family friendly kitchens. So how to make your kitchen cool, but also be family friendly. Every issue that will be something different. So obviously next okay. will be our festive special. So that'll Ooh. be all, you know, the particular decorating you do around Christmas, which, yeah, you know, some people that might send a shiver up their spine, but generally <laughs> Christmas, right? We all love Christmas. So um yeah, that's it. So then in January, February, we do sustainability. That will be ours. We'll have the really, that's always our um, our green issue. So that's been growing and growing, actually. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's such an important part of, of um, home interest now. And then we'll have a renovation special coming into spring. Um, and then we'll go into gardens coming into summer. We have garden special and garden entertainment. Yep. So there's always a theme in within our issue. And this current one is family living. I think as well, I suppose being a magazine editor for many years, I feel like people love a formula as well. You know, you kind yeah. of want to pick something up and know where you are with it. And I think with House and Home, you know, it's 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 very evenly distributed. You know, you'll know what you're getting. You know, you pick it up, you get your really lovely three real homes, a really good renovation story in there. You get your updates, um, your inspiring spaces, the nuts and bolts of the sourcing, and then obviously uh, the the section, whichever whichever issue it is. And the renovations area that's that's distinct from the real homes because that's usually like an interior designer project, exactly. right? So that would yeah. be usually that would be more of a more you know more of an industry expert because yeah. you know the reality is now actually people are different are changing as well I think there used to be a perception that you kind of you only went to an interior designer if you like a didn't have any time or you had so much budget that it didn't matter or you really didn't have a clue whereas these days I think people are very clued in don't have a huge budget and just get why you would want the expertise of someone you go to interior designer so we see we see now lovely um rented houses where people you know they're coming over for a few for a few years maybe they're posted in 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 the city or something and they need they need a an interior designer to go in and just do it before they arrive you know they're not like massive budgets what i've seen personally over the years is the growth of interior of home interior designers right it used to be more like sort of commercial interior designers and then maybe they take on the big projects like the sort of like the five million pound product projects yeah now like you you know this better than anybody but no, it's like it can be anything, right? It can be just, you know, one bedroom apartment up to a sort of a, a three bedroom semi interior. You know what I mean? It's like it's, you know, people are using interior designers. And also you can do those things where you have like the calls, can't you? So you get a Zoom, on a Zoom call and you can do an hour and a half or you can have you can pay per hour. You can say, look, these are I, I, I have friends of mine who have worked with people where they bring you know, they get all the samples and then they bring it to an interior designer and just have that sign off of like, yes, that yep. will, you know, it's paying for that time. I think people are really doing that more and more. So obviously we're incorporating that into the magazine. Yeah, I think people are definitely like they have so much more information and knowledge, especially after the pandemic. Everyone went more inward turning and got more educated. And like you said, they value it more and don't see it only as a luxury. And the virtual consultations have made things more approachable, more affordable, um, and even like you know, people I've worked for, like I worked for Steph O'Sullivan, who runs uh, So Sullivan Interiors, 
And like one of her most popular offerings is a virtual consult. And, you know, she works on projects where people might be skipping hiring an architect and she works directly with the builder and with them. And that's like, that's a huge cost saving. Like you're saving, you know, what 10% of your build cost, not working with an architect. If you're doing a small extension, that doesn't require planning. Um, and they see the benefit of the interior designer as sort of an in-between. Yeah, 100%. A lot of interior designers have that architectural background as well. Yeah. I think there used to be a lot of snobbery. There probably is, you know, this better than me, Tanya, but there used to be a lot of snobbery about, oh, interior designer and architect. But, you know, people, a lot of interior designers now have done the interior architect bit and they, you know, they, so there's always going to be a sort of a um, tension between an architect and interior designer, I think. But I think that the more both of them appreciate the other, ultimately the better the results, right? Yeah. And it completely depends on your, on your project. Like the interior designers I know who would do those kind of projects would say, you need an architect on this <laughs> when, when they see the need for it. But sometimes it's just not realistic. Like they can barely afford the build because hmm. costs are changing, you know, b- between the time you get your, your tender and you start building, uh, mm-hmm. things can kind of change. Um, but yeah, that, I think those are, those are all really great insights and it's just good to remind people what's, what's in the magazine. And, um, it's interesting. So you don't feature any hospitality. It's only, as the magazine name says it, house and home. It's it's a purely residential focus. Is that right? It is a purely residential focus, but we no. do we do feature hospitality, as in we feature travel places to go, places to eat, places That's right. Yeah. Inspirational places. We do also we you know, if we feel that it's part of something that people, homeowners are interested in, like if currently there's a feature on um great places to you know design places it's called eastern promise and it's like you know delve a little deeper you'll discover a wealth of independent makers and businesses that, that are the pride of the ancient east so like we will cover business like candle makers and you know crafters and gorgeous little coffee shops you know play, like foodie I mean, I mean it's all kind of a one lifestyle can be very much part of a yeah. one so don't not cover that personally if I want to go and buy an interiors magazine, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for um, information on on houses, um, not necessarily houses, but projects and um, interiors, you know, ideas and houses. Yeah, you're not looking at like the the renovation of this hotel or the interiors of this cafe. It's more how they would be complementary to the person with the house, right? We'd rarely do yeah. a big feature on you know, we rarely give loads of pages to a commercial project. But saying that, we would give like maybe one page or we'd give like yeah. half a page or we'd give a, definitely give a news story if there's, you know, like I love that Hawksmoor is open, hasn't it, and where the old central yeah. bank is and that. Yeah, that's a beautiful yeah. room. So that was covered. And, you know, it, it, things like that, obviously, you know, yeah. I think it's yeah, all but- design. Anything that has a design focus, I suppose, design or craft or um, something you can bring home, ideas you can bring home. And it makes sense with having six issues a year, you know, you couldn't dedicate tons of pages to a hotel renovation that could otherwise be a story of a real home or a source book that are going to help people that bit more. And, you know, you can get that from the coffee table (laughs) magazine, right? Absolutely. No, I agree. That's it. You don't want to feel people are cheated. Sometimes with magazines, it can feel a little bit like you know, oh, like, what, why are they covering like a spa or something like 10 pages of a spa? You're like, oh, those editors had a nice time at that lovely spa, didn't they? Or, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm really aware 
that you don't want to look like you're just taking freebies or that you're just putting stuff in that's that's not valuing your reader. I mean, honestly, we are all about the reader. It's all about what that value is. Every page has to make sense and every page has to be worth that person buying that magazine. I think when I pick up a magazine and I have a flick through, like you say, whether it's um, whether I take the time out and sit down in a, in a coffee shop or whether I'm on a flight or whatever that is. Obviously, I read lots of other magazines and I always think that if I can just take away a few things, I don't expect loads of things. I do think, by the way, in House and Home, you do get loads of things. But when I read other magazines, if I can just take away a few things, it's been worth that money. You yeah. know, something that I'll get that I wouldn't have got elsewhere. Um, and that can just be inspiration. Like I, a lot of the most popular magazines now, um, they make people feel good. You know, it's it's the opposite to what maybe magazines would have done in the past, which is make you feel like, oh, God, I'll never afford that. Or, oh, God, I could never have that life. I think the really popular ones that maintain their um, readership are the ones that the person goes away and feels, yeah, that's inspiring. I could do that. Yeah. That's a really interesting person. I'm going to, you know, look that person up. I'm going to read that book. I'm going to try that. I'm going to, you know, whatever that is, you, you you take something away for yourself that feels like it has value and that you want to incorporate into your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's what's needed in the, the current climate where you need something to, especially with the complications of buying and building and decorating, you need something to reinvigorate you sometimes when you've had a bad month or two with the, with the house. Like, like you said, everyone always has a story. And to to have something as a little antidote is important. <laughs> There's a lot of negativity, isn't there? I mean, I think as well, you know, when you phone professionals and you're looking for someone and, you know, the reality is that there's just people are busy, aren't they? And and they, you know, they're, they're not trying to be negative, but they genuinely are. No, I don't know a plumber. No, good luck with that. No, yeah. I can't possibly think about how you would sort out that decking because I cannot think of anyone who could do that. So, you know. A lot of the time it's a waiting game. Yeah, it can be very discouraging and disheartening for people who they're like, but I have money to give you and I have spent so much on this and this is my home. And it's my home. And, you know, it's like, or, you know, those, what I was, I was like, when people get these crazy, like, they're not necessarily crazy quotes, but you get sometimes quotes for things and you think that were so much more than you would have maybe budgeted for. And, you know, all that, that kind of disheartening stuff. It's quite important, I suppose, to, Obviously, you want to create a beautiful home for yourself and you want to, you know, d- do everything you can, but also to try and remain a little bit dispassionate and try and be as have a business approach to your house as much as you can. If you mm, are, I like that. You know, often you think the thing that you really, really care about, like, as you say, the marble bathroom or, you know, those the, the materials that you might think, God, I can't possibly have not used X. But, you know, often there is a way around it. You know, often you'll you'll find that, you know, when you go back to the drawing board and you have a think and you do some more research, you'll often find that, you know, you can cut where you couldn't have imagined doing it. You know, um, say, say doors, for instance, are a good one. Like, you know, they can be any price. But like, actually, if you're, you know, if you're changing doors and doing a renovation, you know, if you if you get some pretty basic doors and you paint them black, they can look pretty good, you know. You yeah, just, the hardware. It doesn't. It doesn't really. You know, it, it, things like that. It's you know. And then also, you can change them up. Then when maybe when you have the extra bit of money, or you know, there's always things that um, that you can go back and do afterwards. Absolutely. You know. As I was flipping through the magazine preparing for interview, it struck me that you and you know a lot of your contributors, you speak to more industry experts and designers 
and homeowners than probably anyone out there in in the industry. Obviously, each industry expert has their focus and, and specialty, but few people get the broad view of the industry and you know have your kind of your your finger on the pulse in the same way that journalists working on an interiors magazine would. So one of my questions for you is what are what are some of the things that you're you're seeing like shifts that you're seeing in the industry uh, challenges people are facing and and how they're solving them because I think everyone would be interested to hear because probably people listening are are going to be those same people. Yeah, I mean it's a big challenge isn't it now to buy and sell in terms of you know people are terrified about their mortgages and you know what you know even changing a mortgage or coming out of a mortgage or so that's huge and it probably makes people less inclined to put their house on the market. Um so I suppose you know the one thing is that people are staying put and then mm. you know using their interior looking at what the spaces they do have and looking to see how they can maximize that to their best advantage so maybe going back and and um repurposing spaces you know we're seeing loads more home offices going in which i think we touched on earlier um we're seeing a lot more sort of using space in your garden or um you know obviously putting an ex- doing the extension or doing that double height extension that you sort of thought you wouldn't do or the yeah. loft extension that you thought maybe you wouldn't do but you know rather than moving staying put and doing that now the people who are brave enough to put their house in the market and move i think you know like any market there's never the perfect time but like you know there, at the moment there's not a huge amount on the market so it's probably not yeah. the most terrible time to sell if that's what where you are and you know like I also think that things do the most miraculous things do happen sometimes when you're brave and you actually do go for it. I mean, I've seen that. I'm not a particularly brave person, right? So I'm not I'm not saying this from personal experience. <laughs> like, as if <laughs> I seem to be rubbish at selling houses or buying houses. <laughs> but I've seen it with um with other people. You know, yeah. you're going, oh, seriously, you're gonna do that? Oh, my God, really? Oh my god, seriously. And uh, the next minute they've done it and, you know, they've downsized or they've, bought, uh, they've upsized and bought themselves somewhere a project. And, you know, I do think it's like being really trying to ultimately it's so personal to everybody. So it's really trying to work out what that is yourself and what's going to make sense for yourself. And then trying to stand back from it and de- also get a view, be dispassionate, you know, nuts and bolts. What is actually you know, what 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 are we trying to achieve here? Are we trying to achieve more space? Maybe ultimately by the time you pay for that, but, you know, maybe it's less stressful to just go and sell our house and buy another house with more space, you know? Because really it comes to a point where how much do you want to keep on adding to your house and putting money into your house if you're not going to get the return when it comes to selling it? Obviously it's bonkers, right? So, yeah. But maybe it's not for some people. Maybe that's just where they're going to live forever so they're not going to think like that, which is also not a bad way to think. So I suppose, Tanya, I'm probably not being very helpful because I've seen <laughs> so many scenarios of so many people are doing different things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that really I couldn't say what is the best thing to do. I would say you have to be really know yourself and know where you want to be and know what what are you going to you – know, okay, so you're going to move out of the city and you're going to live in the countryside. Is that definitely – you know, you might save some money, but then is that really, you know, have you got the have you got the amenities near you? Have you got if you suddenly go and, and buy a house somewhere in, in the middle of nowhere, having lived in a city, you know, you have there's so much else to take on board in terms of community. It's not just the, the house, is it? It's so much about the location and you know, where how your children are getting school or whether you're near your folks or so there's so much to think about. Personally, I would say do what you need to do 
and don't think too much about the economy or what's happening because yeah. it's always going to be happening. There's always going to be stuff happening. There's always going to be a situation, you know, and I think in Ireland, particularly we are, we can get very hysterical about stuff. And yeah, so it's like, you know, and you hear people and they're getting more and more hysterical, like some, something will kick off and it'll be on the radio. And then the next minute, you know, it's like, Oh my God, everybody, you know, maybe it's because we are a nation that have been incredibly shocked in the past, you know, things have, yeah. things have happened. So we probably, hold that a little bit in with us where we you know we're always worried about the next thing that might break out but ultimately it's your home isn't it so I think you got to just do what you got to do yeah like you said I don't think there ever is a, a perfect time and um as you've kind of talked us through that I think you have given a piece of advice that that's very valuable there it's I think people find it very easy to be like oh well it's a terrible time to buy or it's an it's a great time to sell it's like but it completely depends on your own personal circumstances. Like you said, some people are, yeah, it would be a great time to make a good profit on your house. But what are the consider what are the implications of that for your mortgage and how you renegotiate your next interest rate? So uh, hanging your hat on like what people are saying can be quite dangerous. And it could prevent somebody like from improving their lifestyle until they wait for the perfect time, which is like when costs are going to come down. And you can't see me as you're listening to this, but I'm doing a lot of air quotes <laughs> because, because it's just a lot of this hearsay. And, and I, I completely agree with you having coming to Ireland as an outsider. Um, there is people are very well read about the news and about what's happening. And like, you know, you've got Dave McWilliams and you've got the op-ed pieces and people and, you know, people have the Celtic tiger and the recession in the back of their minds. So they, there is a lot of fear wrapped up with it and, you know, things the, the parent generation says, but I think you're completely right. It's know what your own priorities are and your own circumstances. And I loved what you said about have a business approach to, to your house. And, and you said it twice to be disp- dispassionate and step back and analyze it based on your own goals, your own circumstances. Um, because I think waiting around for the perfect thing is just, it's not realistic and it'll hurt your current lifestyle. And, you know, we have to live in the present ultimately i mean you know i <laughs> i have so many examples of people holding out for that perfect kitchen that perfect house and you know suddenly they blink and look around and their children have grown up you know what i mean yeah actually lots of people in fairness that's fine as well get your perfect kitchen when you when you're you know in your 50s and your kids have gone yeah. <laughs> but i suppose my point is there's there's a lot of the time people sort of think there's a perfect you know, there's something perfect that they will eventually achieve, that they will, you know, they'll save all their money and they'll get that extension and they'll do that and they'll, you know, and everything will be fine or, you know, but the reality is we're living in the right now, right? And, you know, yeah. our, our, you know, you know, we're, everything is moving on all the time and it's, you know, what you want now may not be what you want for five years. I don't even really believe in the idea of future proofing your house either, really. There's a yeah. lot of things in the past where Or I, the forever home. The forever like, I, home or the I don't believe it. I don't really believe in that because honestly, you're not going to in your twenties or thirties buy a house that have grab rails for when you get older because you know you might be. It's 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 preposterous, really. You know, yeah. you are where you are, and you you live the way you live, and for the now, within I'd say, give it a five year plan. You know, wherever you are, and whatever that you know, maybe you can have children. Maybe you've had children. Maybe you can have another child. Maybe you're done. Maybe you're 
going to downsize. But whatever it is, like give it a five year plan, because I don't think you can think beyond that very far into the future. I've seen so many people who honestly have spent pretty much their whole children's childhoods um, renovating. You know, maybe that's great. Maybe those children will grow up to be architects and um, <laughs> and, you know, have their own TV shows and podcasts and they'll do really <laughs> Yeah, they will. But um, it's also like, it's quite, it can, I, th- I think it can be quite traumatic for children to live through renovations. It's traumatic for adults, you know? I can, having gone through a massive renovation and interviewing so many people who go through renovations and so many you know so many stories as you say um you know I'm loving when I meet someone who just goes and buys a modern house now it's like really how cool they're like yeah you know particularly people who've come from the background of doing these fabulous houses there's someone who's just moved in near me and she had this like gorgeous house with like a like an orangery and sprawling land and you know like all and beautiful big Victorian rectory and it was just too much and they've got two small children her and her husband and they moved into a new estate near me and they have a really functional house and it's lovely. And it's, it's, and you know, that's, they've just decided to knuckle down while the kids are young in school, they need all their attention. They're not going to be spending their weekends like fixing a shed and, you know, mowing a massive lawn. And, you know, so look, I, I think the point is that some people want that and they want to make their house their life and they want to spend everything they want to do they want to put into their house and that's great if that is your hobby and that's what you love but for a lot of people they want something that's beautiful but practical and you know financially makes sense you know and and sort of they don't need to think about it so boiler doesn't break and the you know the the electrics work and you know it's got a good br rating and all that stuff even though it sounds boring it's it's making those choices yourself you know and you know deciding what's best for your family so it's also in it, it's also inter um mingled the whole thing you know i think that's why we come back to housing so much as well because it's such a part of of who we are how we represent ourselves you know how we live you know it's very core to everything and it's very hard to it's very hard to live in a place where people people are not able to have access to homes and 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 aren't able to have access to decent accommodation and that's a whole other story yeah um, heartbreaking you know that it's crazy that the country has come to that I suppose my point is that whatever that is so even if you know you do you know you either you're never going to buy a home you know you make your you make your lovely rental into something that you you know you come home at the end of the day you light a candle you like the color of the walls you you know you've got your storage sorted got clean sheets on your bed and it feels like lovely you know so you can make anything lovely I think absolutely yeah and I think people are getting so into DIY and a lot of the home renovation accounts that I follow, they share incredible information about how to do things themselves um, that I think is is very exciting. You know, even if you're in your 20s and just exactly want to make your apartment more your own. And just going back to, to something you were saying before about, you know, people waiting for the perfect thing. Um, it's just, it, it isn't realistic in the way we live nowadays to think we won't move again like it just things can change so drastically and i think we saw that with the pandemic um things can change and that's globally and things can change dramatically in our own lives without knowing you know a job can change a family can change our needs can change um and i think while it is smart to you know future proof in some ways like you know people can phase renovations so you might do this small extension 
that is built in a way that the foundations would allow for a second story in the future, but not to do it in a way where you're like stuck to it, um, where, you know, you've, you keep adding and adding and adding to this house when, like you said, like it, it actually won't ever pay off in, in when you sell it. So instead like try to phase things so that you're not, like you said, have a five-year plan, not a 20 year plan because things are just too in flux to, to, I think truly do that uh, no matter how much we want to. Yes. Yes. And I think, I think it's good to remain open as well to changing what you might think like you say yeah circumstances change and some people I've seen who have done very well from their houses is when you know they've taken a knock on the door and someone said you know what I've been looking in this area forever and I got my eye on your house can I make you an offer honestly I know about five people who've had that yeah and I've heard people doing it or I've heard people do and they sit down and whether it's on their own or whether it's with their partner or with their family, you know, and actually then they, they thrash it out. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, they go for it. And then they could take on another house or they move or whatever. But, you know, there's other ways as well, isn't there? It's not always just about checking my home. It's not always just about looking to see what the, where the boards are. You know, I think if I was to do it again, which no doubt I will in the future at some point, <laughs> um, I would probably, you know, sit, put in notes in the door of an area that you really like. Yeah, like yeah. Go, because honestly, I think people sit and they don't know whether they're going to sell their house. Yeah. They're like, oh. Someone moved into my area, a friend of mine, and it's quite impossible in where I live to find a house. You know, we we spent four years renting to find our house. It was so hard to get something, which is probably the same as a lot of areas, um, popular areas. And um, she did that. She went and she put notes in the door of, of um, a, a, an area that she loved. And eventually she got a number of people getting back. Now, eventually she did buy it from a state agent, but she had about three or four leads from people. Yeah. Who were like, you know what? We're next year we were thinking of doing it, but it would really save us a lot of hassle if it was gonna happen. If you, you yeah. know, you're interested and we could line this up. And yeah, I thought thought that was very clever way to do it. You know, it's something that doesn't really we feel like quite powerless sometimes, don't we? Yeah. I think as individuals, we can feel like, oh, the economy, oh, the you know, all these builders, all Brexit, all oh, everything's like just, you know, oh, tax, etc. But, you know, you do actually have a power as a consumer, really. You know, you're buying a house, you're selling a house, you're, you're renting a house, you're, you know, you are, you, you have that power. And actually, the more power that goes back to the consumer, the better, really. Because, you know, really, ultimately, we are, a, we are a collective, you know, we, d- we should demand the best housing that we, we can, and for everybody and for it to be fair. And sometimes it feels like, you know, there's these organizations not letting us just live our lives. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm. On that inspirational note, you've given us some nice things to think about there. I think one of the key things is, is staying open about how you achieve the home you need. And like you talked about, it, it's not not prescribing to what's being said on the news or the state of the economy, but rather um, paying more attention to your own personal needs and that of your your family if you have one um, and just getting resourceful and again coming back to you know you run a magazine that's based on stories I think for that very reason so I think it's a great reminder for people to pick up the next issue of, of house and home yeah. to stay open with regards to where you'll live how you'll achieve it I think the dropping notes and doors is is a brilliant idea and I think selling off market is going to become 
more of a thing than it already is. Because also as a seller, I think people also might start feeling ethically weird about putting things in the market and potentially having developers buy or people who are just going to rent it out. And maybe I, I know that Kieran Mulqueen, who runs Crazy House Prices, that account, he's talked a lot about people writing letters to sellers and being like, we are a family looking to buy. And in many cases, that working out for them at a lower asking price. So I think there is an ethical burden being placed on the private seller as well to think about homes rather than assets. Um, so I think that is a shift that is coming and, and has to come. So people can, can push the envelope on that. Like you said, we have power as consumers to push that. And I think that's a really nice inspirational note to end on. So thank you, Kira. Well, thank you. So if people want to follow along on House and Home, there's the Instagram account, which is House and Home Magazine, and then the website, which is houseandhome.ie, where people can subscribe to the digital copy and learn more about the, the latest issue that you can pick up at any news agents near you. So that's the six issues a year. And if people want to follow along your journey, I know we didn't get to chat about your house, Kira, where can they find you? So I'm on Instagram at Kira Elliott, very glamorous account. Um, (laughs) One of those, you know, people have all sorts of cute names for their accounts, don't they? But no, it's just me at Kira Elliott, two L's, two T's. And yeah, I'm on Instagram. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kira. Looking forward to more renovations and real homes. Great. Well, thanks for having me on, Tanya. Thank you for tuning in to the Interiors Podcast. To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at The Interiors Podcast or on my Instagram account, Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe, follow, leave a review, and share the podcast with friends and family. Thank you so much and see you here next time.